I've read some really bad books. They weren't bad books, Finn countered patiently. They were books that you didn't enjoy. It's not the same thing at all. The only bad books are books that are so badly written that no one will publish them. Any book that has been published is going to be a good book for someone. Phineas Thompson, The Family Upstairs. Yes, I'm so glad that you picked a quote from the book. That's my favorite one so far, too. Yeah, welcome back to our bookcast. That was Kayla. I'm Brandy, and we're two bitches reading books. And Finn is a wise little monster because his dad is a cult leader, and he's had no choice but to grow up and wisen the fuck up at 15 years old. And everything makes sense now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, we knew it was a cult, but, like, it's just, it's so culty now. <laughs> so culty. I, I've stopped telling Matt about this book as we're going through it, because he's going to read this one now, because, you know, we read the chaos book together, the Charles Manson one, and now he's all into cults. <laughs> and now he's going to read this one, this fucked up book. Oh, my gosh. I know. And I know I texted you this earlier, but she's going to take it there, isn't she? Exactly where we thought it was going from the prologue. That, that is exactly, that's exactly where, and I texted you earlier that I, I can wait until later, but I'm just going to say it now. I'm tired of reading about children murders and children deaths. <laughs> that is why I stopped listening to true crime. <laughs> right? Like, I feel like our last three books have, like, our last four or five books have been about child deaths and murders and... Sexual Crimes against assault. children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. If you want to traumatize someone, though, just real quick, throw in some child abuse. It, yes. It, it quickly just, uh, your blood will run cold very fast and in a hurry. It'll yes. make you hate the people you want to hate very fast. Mm -hmm. My God, though, but it has been a theme basically since, what, Beyond Magenta? Verity. Verity, even. Yeah, even further back in July. Yeah. Jeez. Well, there's nothing to do but get to it, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I do have an update. Still no North Dakota. <laughs> Did you write them a letter? Should, who, who should I write? Like, I, don't I feel know. like I'm just going to start tagging North Dakota in all of our posts we on should. Instagram and TikTok. We should, honestly. We should. <laughs> So funny. I check before we record every time and still nothing. But you know what is interesting? Our most listened to states are no longer like our home states. Nice. Guess what they are. What are they? California is number one, which is like, I feel like I would believe a lot of California people probably mm -hmm. think like us. But number two is Texas. Oh, that's weird. That is surprising. And number three is Florida. And then number four is Colorado. Wow, interesting. But California and Texas are ahead by a lot. They're 12 and 11%. And then number three, Florida is 7%. So. Oh, well, since we have a lot of Texans listening, I just want you to know that you guys fucked up by reelecting <laughs> Greg Abbott. Why don't... isn't Beto governor? Yeah, Sorello. don't make that same mistake with Ted Cruz again. They, I wish that maternity... Uh, mortality data would have come out before midterms because you know you fucking know that yep. it would have been different if that came out and the people who said they're about to release the data said like get ready to be traumatized because it's really fucking bad did you read that yesterday they announced that they were going to announce it they made an announcement to make an announcement yesterday you know like they yeah do. well they announced it today and i saw it but i was just like i i 
I can't muster up the energy to read this, especially since I'm going to be going into labor in like six weeks. Yeah. So I did not want to read it well, being here in Florida. I'll okay. link it in this episode, but oh my God, I'm, I hadn't even looked yet today yet because I saw that yesterday and I was like, I don't fucking want to know because I'm assuming it's terrible. Like every time I open TikTok, I see at least one horror story about a lady not being able to get rid of a pregnancy that's not viable. Yeah. It's dead tissue inside of you, bro. Like. <sighs> so toxic too. If I, only men knew, like if, if only men went through this shit. Right. And I feel like once they find out how real it is, they're like, fuck. Like that one senator who was like almost crying, where was it in Georgia? Because he voted yes. for a bill. Well, it's too fucking late now. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have doctors calling me now saying that their patients are dying. Well, you should have thought of that. We were telling you that. You shouldn't have even thought of that. We were telling you that. Yeah, it's very weird to go back after the fact and be like, hmm, I should have thought about this yeah. when you had the time to think about it before. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, I'm terrified to read that, but we'll definitely link it in the episode for anybody else who wants to be traumatized with us because I know both of us eventually will read it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into this book. All right. <laughs> it's not any less crazy than real life is, I guess, if we're being honest. <laughs> and True. we left off on page 126 in chapter 25. We are with Marco and Lucy. She's getting ready to go see Michael. Oh, gosh. This is the one that she's going to pick up the passports. Yeah. Ooh. And she gets there, and he offers her some liqueur. And she keeps wanting to turn it down, but she's like, I know where this is going, and I just need to do it. Yeah. He has already been drinking, and it's, like, not even lunchtime yet. I think she mentions it's, like, 11 a.m., but she can smell beer on his breath already. Ugh. She's like, I have to be drunk enough to get through this, but sober enough to make sure that he doesn't do anything to me that I don't want to happen. And... We already know this guy's a rapist. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, I feel like I've blocked out all of the Lucy and Michael chapters because all I can remember is what happens to Michael at the end. <laughs> I know. And then that pissed me off, too. I was like... <sighs> all he does is cause trouble for her. <laughs> I know. I know. And then I was like, can we just get a fucking book where there's not murder and hiding the body and, like, hoping you get away with it? Because my anxiety. Right. There are so many similarities between this book and the last book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. It makes me laugh. It's, it's anxiety-inducing. It's a good read. I got through these, like, 120 pages probably in, like, two and a half hours, all said, between my reading yesterday and the day before. Okay, okay. So it's very easy to read. And you know, when she goes off on the big paragraphs with like no indents, like it's just a long ass run on paragraph, that's really anxiety inducing. She really knows how to put you in there. No she breaks. Does. She does. <laughs> I'm wondering on like page 128, how many beers has Michael had by lunchtime? He's already that downing one right in front of her. That's what I was wondering. And then he forces her to drink up and so he can make her a special drink while she's trying to cook lunch. She's trying to cook lunch so she can get her passports and get the F out of there. Yeah. He, like, force feeds her this beer. It's super disgusting. Like, this is one step below roofing. Mm-hmm. He keeps calling her Lucy Lou. It's disgusting. Very and demeaning. The first thing he wants to know, of course, is... How about you start with the man who gave you your daughter? 
of course. He's jealous. But, like, once again, if he wasn't a rapist and an abuser, she probably wouldn't have ever met that dude. <laughs> yep. This is really sad, though, because we find out here that Lucy really loved that guy, Stella's dad. And she, of course, doesn't tell him. But that guy just disappeared, we know, from the beginning of the book. So she doesn't know where he is. His family doesn't know where he is. So she's probably still pretty heartbroken about that. Yeah. And when she's explaining him to Michael, Michael asks, like, um, did you love him? And she said no. But as she's explaining that to Michael, she's imagining Michael. Yes. She describes this ex-lover as like a pretty boy, a criminal with nothing between his ears. And she's thinking of Michael. <laughs> it's fantastic. And it works. Like she did that. She brought that image up in her head so that she could have that cold dead look in her eyes. So he would believe her because like he needs to know that she is small and everyone is small because that's the only way he can be big. Mm -hmm. I just abuser. Yeah. I fucking detest him to my core. And then on page 131, he goes into talking about how Marco's not manly enough and he needs to toughen up and start getting with ladies. Like, oh, serious. I, is he clever? Is he sporty? Really? I love that. She's like, is he kind? Is he good? Does he take good care of his sister? Yeah. Like, real things that matter. Because you can be clever and sporty and all that, but like, I don't know. That sounds like date rapist material to me. It sounds like chase the tom turkey yeah anyway he says god you don't think he might be gay do you oh my god so what if he is i hope he fucking is i'm not gonna lie to you i hope that every single parent who has ever said they hope their kid is not gay i hope all their kids are fucking gay me too <laughs> me too oh my god it's so funny so i don't know if because we've been friends for a while, and I don't know if I ever, like, relayed this to you, that I wanted one of my sons to be gay, right? Um, and Orlando was so worried that I was going to force Sebastian to be, like, feminine, whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So, like, we kind of, Sebastian likes, when I put lip gloss on, he likes to wear my lip gloss. We kind of got into fights about that. Anyway, we were talking about this new baby, and Orlando's like, hey, now you have a higher chance of having a gay son, and with a name like Giancarlo, I wouldn't doubt it if he does come out, if he does turn out gay. Oh, my gosh. Well, that is, I mean, that's a fantastic name. You're really starting him off good if he does go that way. I know. <laughs> when you were bringing up, you didn't know if you told me about if you wanted one of your sons to be gay I was thinking oh now you have more of a chance if you got two the <laughs> odds are maybe you got a 50-50 chance now Woo. Um, that's so funny but also I feel like all little boys like lip gloss and makeup because they love their mom and it's not about like being gay or feminine it's about like idolizing this person who is your idol <laughs> and liking that's what exactly they do it. and lip gloss feels good honestly straight men like it yeah. And it had glitter in it. Come on. Everyone loves glitter. Great. I bet it smelled delicious. I bet he it licked did. it right off of his lips. He did. <laughs> Thought it was like candy. <laughs> so of all the things that you could hope your kid could not be, like, I hope he doesn't rape people. I hope he doesn't abuse children or dogs. I hope he doesn't sleep with other men. Like, who fucking cares? I hope he doesn't sleep with men who cheat on him. How about that? That's yeah. a good hope for your son. E exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. So I 
ended this chapter like upset because they hadn't done the deed yet and I was like great now we gotta do another chapter with Michael because they just in this chapter with him giving her like a light kiss a little like pat on the bottom and they decide to go start making lunch I was hoping he would get too drunk to put out because she was mentioning how he was already kind of showing signs but I guess we'll just have to do another chapter with him, unfortunately. And it will be unfortunate. For him. Yeah. (laughs) And for us for a little while, but we win in the end. Yeah. So chapter 26, we're back with Henry. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that the person saying he's Finn later on is Henry. You think so? I, I have convinced myself to my core that Henry dropped acid too many times, got his heart broken when Finn left him, and just, like, convinced himself he was him. I don't know <laughs> what in my in my reading made me think this, but hopefully we stumble upon it again. Otherwise, I'm Is just crazy. Is it all of the I am Finn that's etched over the house everywhere? Yes! Like, that just seems like somebody, like, that doesn't seem like something that you would do with your own name. Like, you would say Finn was here. Yeah. You don't have to remind yourself that you are Finn. You fucking know. Yeah. But then, like, during their acid trip, their first acid trip, Henry's like, we became one. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll they find were out. They isolated for a really long time, so maybe they did decide to write their own name very weirdly on the wall. Oh, my gosh. This, we stopped at such a good point, I think, like, before yeah. shit really hit the fan, didn't we? Yeah, so, we did. Bertie and David kissed, and Henry saw them, and it was like, a sexy kiss with like legs wrapped around each other and she was in like her night clothes and <laughs> I just love how generous Henry is to Bertie you know he says first as you know I found Bertie physically repellent the thought of her hard little lips against David's big generous mouth his hands on her bony hips her gross tongue chasing around inside the dank cave up from their mouths Oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that does sound disgusting So there's some cheating going on, you know, and he doesn't tell anybody anything. He just goes to his room and hides. And then we kind of like jump a little in time, like maybe a couple hours and he's checking Finn out. He loves Finn. Oh my God. He's so in love with Finn. He's six feet tall already and only 14. And Henry's like, rah. He's going to stop growing. Henry decides that, uh, It's a good idea to tell Finn what he saw. Finn is obviously really upset. Like, that's his mom and his dad and their relationship that's getting messed up. And he does not want to talk about it. And, I mean, Henry ends up feeling really bad about this because he went and told Finn because he wanted to tell him something cool. He he wanted to have, like, a reason for Finn to pay attention to him. Like, all of this starts, well, all of this starts because David and Bernie are making out and fucking while their spouses are in other rooms of the house. But um, he just wants Finn to notice him, and that's how, like, all of this starts, and it gets really bad really fast. So he has a lot of guilt on his own shoulders, which I feel like also leads me to think that he would be fucking crazy as an adult. Because he thinks he did all of this, when in reality, his dad did it. Yep. Finn tells him not to tell anyone. Finn knows that this will be the beginning of the end of everything, and they decide to go scrounge up some money and spend a day out on the town partying and doing what boys do, I guess. So Finn got a taxi and Henry's like, I can't afford it. I only have a couple pounds. And Finn was like, it's okay. I stole this money from my dad. Yes. Apparently has a whole fucking stash. And I'm like, I bet you 
that's Henry's dad's money. That is what I thought. <laughs> uh, he's probably done this a million times. And his financial advice, his donations to charity are probably going straight into David's secret stash. That is exactly what I thought, too. The charity of David Thompson's pocket. Yes, exactly. So they end up going to Kensington Market, and this place sounds wild. This was like the first one of those big paragraphs I was describing earlier. And he's just talking about all the different shops and all the different things you can find. And all these people look like just so much different than he's used to because, you know, he's like prim, proper, used to go to like super expensive school and now there's people with dog collars pvc and fishnets running around in front of them so this is a fun time for them they end up buying a couple things one being acid some guy just offered it to him because he looked a little older they were at like a record store i think yeah this is also where charlie buys or charlie henry buys uh bootlace tie it says with a silver ram's head. He brings this up again later in the book, so I feel like it must be important. Mm-hmm. So they just, like, are doing some normal shopping, and one of the shopkeepers asks Finn if he wants to buy some asset. So he does. He bought two little hits. They decide not to do it today, but some other time. Henry doesn't really want to do drugs, but he'll do anything to get some time with Finn. That's how and it happens. That's how it happens. But also, like, acid is fun, and you should try it if you can, I think. I want to. Henry starts kind of, kind of like feeling like David's probably stealing from them on page 141. And that maybe, you know, that's the money that Finn had. So he starts asking Finn questions like, do you like your dad? And they end up talking about how Finn does not like his dad. And Finn says, well, first Henry says, I don't like my own dad. He's very weak. And Finn says, all men are weak. That's the whole bloody trouble with the world. Too weak to love properly, too weak to be wrong. And I love that. Shit, so good. And then he says, at the end of the page, my father's going to take everything you own and then break your life. He's saying that in response to Henry not being able to pay him back for the sandwiches. And that's how that chapter ends and um the breaking the life happens literally the next time we see henry yep now we're in chapter 27 and we're with libby she's with miller and dito and they're gonna go to a pub and just talk about you know the house yeah and the fucking sock and the you know secret entryway they found she's kind of starting to question here like is her birthday even real and i started to question too like how would they have gotten it because like her brother and sister would know but she probably didn't have a birth certificate. Yeah. That was probably just a totally made-up day. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's on June 19th, which is a significant day in history. It is. It took me a little bit, but yes. It took the United States a little bit as well. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> so Miller thinks the dude in the house was Henry. And so do I, even though he's masquerading as him. I do too, only because of something that he says later on in the book. And they definitely, like, think he's a fucking weirdo. Because, like, who squats in a house instead of, like, coming forward and claiming it, you know? Yeah. But then again, what if it, now I'm like, what if it is Finn? Because if it was Henry, he could come forward and claim it. He would have birth certificate. Like, it would exist somewhere. What if what happened there was just too much for Henry to want to claim the house? Yeah. What if Henry's dead? Oh, what if he died? What if something happened after the fact? It's been a while since they escaped. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, Libby thinks it was one of the others. I think it could be anybody, I guess. I'm certain that this Finn person is Henry. And they're masquerading as Justin. It's, it's a whole confusing identity thing. Ugh. We're back with Lucy in chapter 28. Ugh. Michael's like, you really kept your figure, Luce. Not bad no. for a 40-year-old mom of two. Like, you look good for your age, just so we're clear. Not a compliment. You look good, period. Compliment. For yep. your age, insult. Yes. And Gosh. she corrects him. And she says, I'm 39. Thank you very fucking much. Which you should know if you were married to somebody. But I don't know. She keeps trying to hurry it up so she can go back to the kids. Michael's like, Marco's big enough. He can take care of them. And she's like, no, I need to go back. And he brings out the passports and kind of taunts her with them. I hated that. I hated that too. I was so nervous at that point. Like, he's going to get what he wants. And he put those fucking passports in that bag because there's no passports. Like, I thought he was going to get what he wanted. She was going to open that bag and find no passports. Thank God I was wrong. Yeah, Yeah. this was a really stressful chapter for more more reasons than one. But as soon as he's done dangling the passports, he just like grabs her and slams her against the kitchen counter, and he's like groaning, like this is the hottest fucking thing ever, but it's not. And she's just thinking in her head, this is why she here. She came here to fuck Michael and now she's going to fuck Michael and she has fucked him before and she can fuck him again. She really can. Especially if she pretends he's Ahmed, pretends he's a stranger. Even then she can do this. She can do this. Like she's like, ugh. so she just like closes her eyes and lets him do what he's doing. But then she accidentally like hits this cup and it hits something on the counter breaks and he like slams her up against the wall and is like shoving her into a broken piece of a ceramic mug on her back so she's like trying to move to get the glass out from her back but not bother him while he does what he needs to do to feel like um can we just be clear like he needs her to pay him to do a favor for his son yeah that's fucking crazy that is not good dad material but anyways she just wants to get this over with so she's just trying to get the glass out from her back without bothering him and letting him continue what he's doing and he gets fucking pissed he's like why are you moving around hits her in the face like she feels her teeth like ringing and then he like repositions her and now the glass is like piercing her in more places and she's like bleeding and he tells her she tells him that she's hurt look like where the blood is And then he just, like, starts raping her, basically. And she reaches for anything and grabs a knife, the knife that she used to make lunch, and stabs him on the side. And it just goes in like butter. She remembers when she was slicing these vegetables, like, these knives were so sharp. She was thinking in her head, dang, these are some nice sharp knives. And it just goes in right above his collarbone. And he's like, what have you done? Like, what has she done, sir? Defended herself. One plus one equals two. You rape someone and you get stabbed in the neck. Like, I don't know. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. So anyways, she <laughs> considers calling the cops. And then she's like, I'm going to get in trouble if I call the cops. And she's sitting there, like, debating. And I have two sticky notes on page 148 and 149, just capital letters saying, let him die. <laughs> and she does. and like this is a big problem now because she needs to clean up the body and like make sure she doesn't get caught but then again she's like joy only met me twice like he probably told nobody about me my name isn't even what it is going to be on these passports like nobody knows me i'm not from here 
I'm not even legally here. I'm not even legally supposed to exist in this country. So she just cleans it up and hopes that nobody finds him for a few days and leaves. But I'm glad Michael's dead. And I'm really glad that the passports are fucking real. Me too. And he's never going to rape anyone again. Not even his new wife. I bet he does already with his new wife. Why do you think she's not there? Yep. She's never going to be there now. What if she pops up later? All pissed off at Lucy. Shit. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I feel like anything could happen in part three. Like, how is everybody going to come together? Everybody's in the house, but like, what's Libby going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm certain that Lucy is her mom. Oh, hot take. I'm certain of it. That's how we end chapter 28. And now we're in chapter 29, back with Henry in 1990. Henry and Finn are on the roof. Yeah, so Finn is the one who originally found the roof. He showed Henry. So we know for sure that those two people know the secret way up to the roof. Which is important because that's how they get into the house later. Yes. And they do some acid. Yes. And it's like, first of all, have you seen Thor Love and yes. Thunder? Yes. When he says that one guy, they, he rescues him and he says, we used to live in a peaceful oasis. <laughs> I cannot hear or see the word oasis without hearing peaceful oasis in my head. <laughs> Anyways, they're up on this rooftop oasis. And I want to drop acid up there. Like, it seems like it's just so nice. They can see everything. They just have this nice view. Like, the sun looks nice. I don't know. It seems like a great time to do acid. Yeah. And the way they describe it, it sounds like they had a good trip. Until. Right. They just split in half. Like, they're smart little kids. I'm really surprised that they weren't just, like, balls to the wall. Let's do the whole thing. But they decide to only do half. And they're just, like, enjoying the colors. And even Finn realizes that they're having a good trip and I love it. So cute. And for a minute they're holding hands and just like watching the water. And then on page 153 is when Henry says, there, there, you and I, we're the same person now. And this line is what put in my head later on that he's pretending to be Finn. They end up um, wanting to go inside to get bed stuff because Henry says, we should live up here, bring our beds up here and live up here. And Finn's like, we should, we should do that right now. And I'm like, this is exactly what you do when you're like, just having a good high. <laughs> if there's one thing I learned about tripping balls, it's to never leave where you're having a good time. Oh, do not. Never. It's, it's really true. The, and the journey can be scary. Even the, they talk about the tunnel being kind of scary for a second, don't yep. they? Yes. So they go in. It's really funny because Henry's like, where are we? And Finn says, we're down. We're in down world. Because <laughs> they went downstairs through the scary tunnel. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyways, they're going to get the pillows. But then they get caught by David with his disgusting bare chest. Henry's staring at his disgusting nipples. He says, they're dark and leathery. I'm never going to get the dark, leathery nipples out of my head. So Finn tells him, obviously making tons of sense right now, we're taking pillows to up. And David says, up. And Finn says, up. This is down. And David says, down. Down. (laughs) Anyways, it's very fucking obvious that they're high. Hilariously so. I shouldn't be laughing because this is really like what starts everything being shitty. I can't believe David is like ratting them out, first of all, because Henry hasn't even told and David's doing the most fucked up shit in the house. He's stealing True. and he's sleeping with people. And anyways, they 
start lecturing the kids and finn gets mad when birdie walks in yes so he says oh go away this has nothing to do with you and finn man he says she's not a grown-up she's not even human she's a pig look look at her pink skin her tiny eyes she's a pig and then he looks at his dad and says so that makes you a pig kisser But yes, he is a pig kisser. She's a pig and you are a kisser of pigs. Did you know that when you kissed her? Did you know she was a pig? And this is how Sally finds out that her husband is cheating on her. (laughs) He says, I finally know why you kissed her. Because you wanted to kiss a pig. (laughs) It's just so fucking funny. Anyway, um, I mean, it's funny to like him right now and me, but gosh, Sally's life is crumbling in front of her and this is like the beginning of the fucking end. Henry's parents just decide to get Henry some water and like something to eat and then maybe like they'll talk parents? about. Yes, exactly. And I was just thinking, I'm sitting in bed reading this book with Matt, like what what would we do if we had kids and they were doing drugs? Because I feel like I just don't think my kids are going to get in trouble for a lot of things if I have them. Yeah. The punishments my parents doled out on me just taught me to make sure they didn't find out what I was doing. Exactly. And I always tell Orlando, I can't punish Sebastian for something that I do or that I did. Or that I would want to do. Yeah. Mostly because when they do the next bad thing, I want to know. Yeah. Like, what if they do something real bad and they need an alibi? Something I'm willing to alibi them for. Exactly. (laughs) So I love this delicious drama. It's fucking crazy. Uh, Henry's mom realizes that Liz is really not good and Henry kind of realizes like some shit's probably about to happen and that's how we end that chapter (laughs) I know why you kissed her you wanted to kiss a pig (laughs) David I thought that was really funny so funny so we get to chapter 30 and we're back with Lucy and she's basically just cleaned everything up decides michael in the wine cellar yeah fuck him took his three thousand euros that's a good payday for her yeah i'm not feeling sad about his loss at all i feel like now she can buy some tickets like this is the money she needed to get her traveling you know Mm -hmm. she goes and buys some snacks for the kids and heads home marco realizes that they're going back to the house to meet the baby whoever the baby is yeah so they're even taking fits. They're taking everybody. She says bye to Giuseppe, tells him maybe she'll be back, even though she knows that's a lie, and takes off. She's a little sad to say bye to her, basically, her only friend, but she's off to a better life, hopefully. Hopefully. And then we're in chapter 31 with Miller, uh, Dito, and Libby again. And Miller wants to stay the night at the house just to, like, see what happens, like, a little, like, security like what do they call it stakeout yeah he is so weird he is weird but Dito kind of seems like she kind of like pushes Libby to stay it seems like she encourages her at least and I'm like does Dito want to find out the mystery of the house or because she wants them to to be together yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so fucking cute she's such a good friend I love her so Libby ends up staying and this is when Miller finds the scribbles from Finn because they're kind of like looking all over the house now that they have time and they find it the first one in black pencil at the back of a drawer it says I am Finn very weird and then that's how we end that chapter yeah and then we're back in 1990 with Henry 
Sally moved out of the house a few weeks after that, and Bertie moved in with Justin, or Bertie David. moved in with David, yeah. And Justin stayed, which is fucking weird. So Justin ends up being the only rational adult, like, by the time he leaves. Like, he ends up actually being a friend to Henry and possibly could have saved Henry from whatever happened. Although I don't think Henry got the worst of it. I still think it was his sister, but we'll see. Of course, all this drama, like, ruined what Finn and Henry had going on. They, like, haven't really talked since then. Did they really have something going on, or was it just Henry thinking they did and Finn finding someone to keep his attention for a little bit? Yeah, it it was definitely something going on from Henry's perspective. You're right. And it was just Finn manipulating and getting what he needed from the situation, which people do. And if you're a person who starved for attention, you are definitely easier to be a victim of those people. Yeah. Which Henry definitely was. His parents are in a cult now. And his dad is, like, dead, basically. A zombie. Uh, yep. So Henry would hang out in Justin's garden with Justin and they actually would talk because Henry is now his little apprentice. Yes. And he, he asked Justin, why are you here? And Justin was like, that's a good question. And he says, because even though I'm no longer with Bertie, she's still part of me. The part of love that isn't about sex. It doesn't automatically die. I just noted right there. So fucking depressing. Yep. Henry and Justin are... Kind of bonding, though. It's great. I feel super bad for Justin, but I'm glad that Henry has someone, like, the most normal person in the house to talk to who doesn't seem like they're trying to have a friendship with Henry for their own gain. Yes. Justin doesn't really like David, and it seems like it's more than just because he stole his girlfriend. I think Justin can tell David is not a good guy. Yeah. And then Justin also talks about how they were uh, tripping, he says, and he's proud of him because he would have been too scared to try that stuff when he was that young. So, I mean, how normal is Justin? I don't know. 13 is pretty young to be dropping acid. That's a pretty serious drug. Yeah. And then he offers to uh, plant him shrooms, and I was like, come over. Yes, please. I'd love some shrooms. <laughs> yeah. I have a nice big backyard. We can hide them somewhere. Yes, that sounds great. They also talk about a bunch of stuff like belladonna which becomes important later and how it killed a bunch of people like macbeth soldiers socrates and i was thinking your parents henry (laughs) (laughs) and then i was kind of thinking what if henry's the one who kills them and that's what i'm thinking right it has to have been the kids got together and decided no more of this Mm -hmm. you know but Yeah, they end up just talking about how Justin has these books, and Henry obviously has, like, an interest in this stuff, so it's interesting. And he also mentions on page 167 that they hadn't been in school since Sally left. I'd kind of forgotten Sally was the teacher, so this is, like, his only schooling. Yeah, I forgot about that. They have to do exercising or fiddling if they want anything to do. Those are the only things available, and pretty soon it'll be forced. But, yeah. He's Justin's little apprentice. It's pretty cute. The last paragraph on this just talks about how he had to sleep with a pillow over his head because of the noises coming out of David's and Bertie's room and how they still haunt him years later. So disgusting. The first half of page 168 cracked me up because it's just talking about how David is obsessed with Bertie's hair and he like sniffs it and always plays with it and even like tries to get people to talk to him about it. 
in the house. So gross. <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, this boy wrote me a letter about how angelic my hair was. And I was an asshole, so I fucking showed everyone. And later on that year, he snipped some of my fucking hair off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, men really get like this over hair. <laughs> yeah. And Bertie, sa- Bertie says that it's seen as highly spiritual for women to wear their hair long. And then this is when the cult starts. Yeah. We get another thick, juicy paragraph about how minimalist they are and feng shui and how they have to repaint their bedroom and get rid of rid of their bed frames. And it's not enough for them to live like that. Then everybody has to get rid of their bed frames. And then it's aspirin and it's fish sticks and it's just a cult. Henry says that Bertie unlocked something terrible in David and now she wanted David to control everything and they were no longer free. And that's how we end that chapter. So we're in chapter 33 and we're back with Libby and Miller and they have basically found the words I am Finn scrawled all over the place. The underside of the bath on the attic floor, there's skirting around one of the bedroom doors. Um, It's inside a built-in wardrobe. And they found some other stuff. They found a thin gold band ring, Mm -hmm. which... Lucy is now wearing because she thinks it's her mother's ring. Yes, and it fits. So I'm really excited that she gets like a little um, keepsake. And where she found the ring was like wedged in like a floorboard. So obviously somebody hid this to make sure that they could keep it. Yeah. So I feel like even though her mom was brainwashed, she like knew something. Yeah. And then they decide to go outside up to the roof and wait for somebody to sneak in. And they actually see him start to sneak in. And they're, like, describing him. And he has glasses. And I'm like, who wore glasses? Did Finn or Henry wear glasses? That's what I was wondering. I don't remember. I don't know if it's been mentioned. So I don't think it has. They seem really scared. And I would be pooping my pants because if you're willing to just break into a boarded house and live there, I feel like you're willing to do a lot of things. Yeah. So they end up going in and confronting him after deliberating about what to do because it's fucking scary. And basically he goes in and goes to the bathroom like it's his house and walks out of the bedroom and they like bump right into each other. He says, are you Serenity? And Libby says, yeah. And she says, are you Henry? And he says, I'm not Henry, I'm Finn. And this is my first note saying, he says he's Finn, but what if it's a brainwashed Henry who thinks he's Finn? Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't know. I might be totally wrong. I mean, it could po- it could be a possibility. Yeah. So that's, like, where part one of this book ends. And have you watched White Lotus yet? No, I haven't. The scenes in Henry slash Finn slash Justin's apartment are so White Lotus-y. You got to watch it. It's so crazy. It's on my list. I've been so, telling people at work to stop spoiling it. I'm All not right, going to talk about that on. anymore. <laughs> Chapter 34, we're back in Chelsea. It's Christmas time. He's talking about how Christmas used to be so fucking good, and this year is not good. His dad used to, like, dress up and, like, get in the Christmas spirit. He just used to have such a different family than he has now. Like, his dad used to not be a zombie or have stroke brain, and now he lives in a cult. And his dad ended up having a stroke. Another stroke. Another stroke. And uh, 
his doctor comes to visit him, his private physician finds out he doesn't have health insurance and is like, okay, well, you better get on an ambulance and go to the hospital because I ain't doing shit for free and leaves. <laughs> so after this stroke, David Thompson basically stepped in and started really taking control. And they literally like taped up rules to the walls on the kitchen no haircuts without permission nobody leaving the building without permission and first of all it's a house not a building and they can only ask david or birdie yeah no unnatural colored clothes no pharma no chemicals only one wash or shower per person per day one shampoo per week and i'm like anti-shampooing and i even shampoo twice a week sometimes they have to spend two hours of day exercising with David. They have to spend two hours of day doing music with Birdie. They have to home cook all of their food. No shouting, no swearing, no running. And this is written on the wall and taped up on the wall. And later on, we know that the wallpaper is literally ripped off. Like, hmm, I wonder why that is. Yeah. So Sally is still like visiting the kids and hoping that she'll be able to get a place to take them. But, like, her and David couldn't even find a place to live. So, I don't know. I don't think that that's going to happen. Eventually, Finn pisses David off. And now you can't have locked doors. And all meals have to be attended by all members of the household. Because he was being a bratty kid whose parents are getting divorced because his dad cheated on his mom and didn't want to participate in his dad's bullshit. So, David's not having that. And then one day, he still, like, locks his door. So David takes all the locks off the door. Nobody has locks anymore. And still Finn was like, I'm not going to come down to dinner. I don't care about your fucking rules. And David literally drags him to dinner and force feeds him. And then chucks the bowl across the room because Finn doesn't cooperate. And I'm like, David, we can't waste food. And then he hit Finn. You can see how David is trying to keep control and losing it and losing it. And he's not chill with not having every single molecule of control that exists in these people's lives. Yeah. So now Finn basically decides to run away. And he does. He does. And then at the end of 184, Henry puts Finn's pillow to his face and breathed him in. Mm -hmm. Like a freaking creeper. He loves Finn. Yeah. Loves him so, so much he wants to be him. So in chapter 35, we're back with Lucy and they're leaving the blue house. They're leaving the little room that they have rented and she's stressed. Um, She's stressing about people finding Michael. She's stressing about the fake passports, you know, you know, she's just the stress that you have when you're committing crimes, I presume. Cross country crimes. If, yeah, I think by the end, She's kind of feeling a little better, though, because her passports get through, and she's on her way. She's out of France. Stella seems excited. Bye-bye, France. Bye-bye, France. Yep. They don't talk about Marco, but I bet he has an attitude. Probably. And then... Teenage boy. Oh, yeah. Teenage boy whose mom keeps a lot of secrets because she has to, you know. He's got an attitude. (laughs) So chapter 36, we're back with Libby, and she's talking to Finn, supposedly. And he's fucking weird. The last line of page 187, he says he's been waiting for them. That's why he's at the house. Miller introduces himself, and Finn's like, oh, 
you're the journalist. And he said the article that Miller wrote was wrong about everything. And Miller's like, well, tell me what's right. And they talk even about how he was in the house when Libby was there. And he says that he wanted to, he came down to like say hi to her. But by the time he got down to the bottom of the stairs, she was gone. And I'm like, lie. That's a lie. Like, he made no moves to come down to the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. She would have heard him moving. Finn ends up taking them back to his place. This, this could be a clue as to that it really is Finn, though. She says she's studying his face, that he looks like he's in his early 40s, and he has extraordinarily long eyelashes. And Did that Finn is something, have eyelashes? Yes. Henry okay. would always talk about. I assumed that he was squatting in this apartment the whole time. I thought so, too. But it's apparently a really fucking fancy one with, like, nice cream furniture and a remote control to open, like, the door to the terrace in the back. Miller thinks it's worth a couple million dollars. Finn comes back with wine. And he's, like, just force-feeding them a lot of wine this chapter. He is. And one thing about this apartment is it's right across the river from the house. Yes. Perfect view of the house. Yes, and he even said he did that on purpose. Like, he has no qualms about how fucking weird he is. Ugh, it's, it's very fucking creepy. He then tells Miller that he can record. And I'm really fucking surprised by that. But, of course, we find out later why it is. So, before, this is why I think it might be Henry. He introduces them to the cats. I can't remember what the first cat's name was. But the second cat's name was Dick. And he said, I named him Dick because I don't get any. Yeah. And so then I was like, wait, Finn, like, refused to kiss Henry, but we know that Henry might be gay, so could this be Henry? Right. Uh, it could be anyone. I don't know why I thought him introducing the cats felt so sinister because, like, that's how you act when you're, like, a pet parent, but it felt fucking weird to me. <laughs> yes. Like, why are you trying to make it feel so normal when this is clearly not fucking normal? No. He kind of, like, guesses where his mom is. He confirms that David was the third body. He's like, ask me something else. Ask me what really happened the night everybody died. So Miller does. And we end this chapter with Finn saying, well, for a start, it wasn't suicide. It was murder. I just feel like I had so many, like, so many thoughts at the end of this chapter. Mostly, who the fuck is this creeper? Because yeah. I feel like it was Henry, and he killed his whole family, and he's just been spiraling ever since. Yeah. We're not going to know until we get into part three. That ends chapter 36, and we're in chapter 37, back with Henry in 1991. And Finn was basically only gone for a week, and Sally brought him back. Her and David end up arguing for a little while. He says, you have no idea what it's like living with this child. Like, she didn't live with him for, like, 14 years before this. You're right. She has no idea. She's like, I'm looking for a place tomorrow, and then we can start splitting the children. But David thinks that she's way too soft. So I feel like her being too soft in his mind is going to make him be a much harder parent than he already fucking was. Yes. Bertie and David have a weird fucking scene after Sally leaves because Bertie didn't come out obviously, because she's the other woman. And then Finn starts getting locked into his bedroom for his own safety. 
I, 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 like, I can see where people come up with this idea when their kid is running away, but it is still child abuse, and it's still fucking weird. Henry's kind of reflecting on this and thinking how him and the rest of the kids just kind of accepted this as normal, and how, like, kids just accept things as normal, but, like, this is normal to them. Like, they've never lived anywhere else. When you've been alive for 10 years, it's very hard to have something to compare to. Yeah. Then one day... Finn's like, hey, my mom's moving us out next week. Let's do the rest of the asset. It's because he wasn't locked in his room because Justin, the godsend, took him up after dinner and accidentally on purpose forgot to turn the lock. Justin, like, we didn't realize we were going to like you so much when you first yeah. got here, friend. But yes, it's, it's amazing how he barely did anything at all. And I'm like, oh, my God, hero. Yeah. They go grab a glass of water and, like, go up to the roof to have their little going-away party. And everything is, like, fine. They're just, like, talking about, like, normal stuff about they what, what they want to do, like, when they grow up. And Finn is talking about how he wants to live in Africa and be a safari guy. And he says it's because he remembered this Jason safari guide who was really cool. And I'm like, Jason must have been hot. Yeah. To make you want to work a job. Yes. So Finn is like showing him the secret route. They end up like going off the roof and they're going to go have an adventure. And yeah, they go and they go to the river. Like it's right by the river. And Henry's like staring at Finn right before they got off the roof. Henry had asked Finn what he would do if he kissed him. And Finn said he would push him off the roof he like kind of said it like a joke I don't really know it seems like Henry took it as a joke so when they get out to the river and Henry is staring at him Finn tells him to stop Henry keeps staring at him and Finn pushes him in the fucking river in the middle of winter by the way and when Henry gets out he's fucking pissed and well he almost drowned he almost drowned he could have froze to death what if he couldn't swim like what if the current was fast I I would be, like, this would end a friendship for me if somebody pushed me into a fucking river. I'd yeah. be pissed. And we know it's, like, January, probably. Christmas was the last thing we heard about. So, Henry's pissed. He storms up to the house with Finn right next to him and rings the fucking doorbell. These guys are supposed to be, Finn's supposed to be locked in his room. And David answers the door. Henry's mom comes over. David tells him to get in. Henry's mom's like, what is going on here? And Henry says, Finn pushed me in the river. Henry realizes that he fucked up. Yeah, Yeah. because after he tells him that Finn pushed him in the river, Finn took off, and David chased him down and tackled him in the fucking street to drag him back into the house. Like, he's hit him, he's tackled him, dragged him in the house, locked the door on him. Like, this is all just motive for Finn to murder him, or someone Mm -hmm. to murder him, because, like, Henry loves Finn. He probably doesn't like watching this happen to him. No. That ends that chapter, though, and we're in chapter 38. Back with Lucy and the kids and the dog. Stella likes England. She says it has good colors. The trees are extra green, which is funny. This is something I always think about when I go places, but I'm from Wyoming, and it's yellow there. This is, It's just a really cute, like, description of them coming into this new place, and they find the big house, and they're, like, surprised that that's, like, the big house that she used to live in. But they decide to go in. And that's how it ends. 
And I'm like, Lucy's breaking into the fucking house too. Everybody's breaking into this house. Libby better not live here. I wonder if they had like a pact, like if the kids made a pact. Right. They must have. Like they had to have been working together. They had a van waiting. Yeah. So. That van could have been Justin. It could have been Justin. I wonder. They could all still be living together. No, they're not because Lucy's not. But the boys could. Yeah. Where'd the other girl go? Calamity. What was her name? Clemency. Clemency. So chapter 39, we're back with Libby. And she's just waking up. Like, I don't know if you remember, we left Libby having some wine on the couch with Finn and Miller. And now she's in the bed with Miller, top to toe. So like one has the head at the toe of the bed and one has the head at the head of the bed. And she's confused. She's like, they, they must have just drank too much. And she like vaguely remembers Finn just like pouring and pouring wine saying, I just, I just found you after I lost you. Don't leave me. And she thought it was weird, but she left or she stayed. I mean, she doesn't realize they're like in danger yet. So she's kind of assuming they got too drunk and passed out here. And now she's kind of appreciating how Miller looks. She's a little tattoo that he has. And she's like, Oh, I hate tattoos. We'd never work out. And I'm like, that's exactly why you're going to work out. But whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, she thinks he looks very sweet and soft and appealing. And I'm like, interesting. Interesting. We'll that see. tattoo. She's just stuck up on it. Yeah. But their phones are missing. Like, they wake up and realize their phones are missing, and that's how that chapter ends. They don't remember going to sleep. Finn was being weird as fuck, and they don't have their phones. Um, and the door's And the door's locked. locked. The door's locked on the outside. Yeah. And doesn't that sound familiar? Yep. So we're back in 1991 on chapter 40, and Finn gets grounded and locked in his room for a whole week because of the river incident. And Henry's feeling bad, but like also he pushed you in the fucking river. Yeah. I don't know. I'm having a hard time feeling bad for Finn right now because like he's in a bad situation, but like you can't be pushing people in the river. You can't, no matter what type of drugs you're on. Yeah. I mean, push David in the river. Yeah. Push the culprit in the river. Henry's a victim too. So he's hanging out with Justin in this chapter and they like are on the same page that David is quote a dick swinging overlord according to Justin. Justin basically says that he plans on leaving and he even asks Henry if he wants to come and Henry realizes like later when he's an adult that Justin was like asking if he could save him and Henry said no but Justin ends up leaving two days later and Henry grabs his spell books and the rabbit's foot and hides everything under his mattress and you kind of find out that henry has like googled justin and was hoping to hear from him but like literally never heard from him again never was able to find him and he thought when the bodies turned up dead justin would come out but he never did henry ends up taking up the garden he was the apprentice and whatever and he'll like bring in herbs and stuff when people are cooking and everybody just thinks he's such a good kid and little do they know right and at this point i'm like oh my gosh henry's gonna poison the adults and like stuff happens before even then so (sighs) david's mom did not get the house that she was looking at so finn and clemency don't get to go stay with their mom to get a little break from the cult yeah and sally's there arguing with david she's drunk as fuck and she says some stuff like 
God knows who else you're fucking. And I'm like, it's Henry's mom. That's yeah. the other else he's fucking. And <laughs> we end this chapter with Henry's mom just being fully fucking indoctrinated and saying, I just wish David had come into our lives many years before. Oh, disgusting. That ends that chapter. We're in chapter 41 with Libby. And they're trying to get out of this fucking prison. What the fuck? Dude, <laughs> I remember this one time. Shayla and I were not friends until we were friends, okay? When we were in high school, we terrorized each other. And then we hated the same person, we found out. And I had a party at my house, and she came over. We were not friends before this. She just came over to my house. She got too drunk, and she had to stay the night. I had to get up early and leave for work the next day. And I just left her sleeping there. I left, I locked the front door, whatever. Didn't think anything of it. But when she got up, she went to my back door, didn't notice the front door. And the way my back door was, it had like a deadbolt on it, but you had to use a key on both sides. So it looked like it was only locked from the outside if you were on the inside. And she thought I'd captured her in there. That's so funny. She called me like 30 times. And then I got a text saying, never mind, I found the front door. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But like, imagine like waking up after being like blackout drunk at your enemies of like three years as house. You're like 20 years old. <laughs> and then you think that she locked you in the house. Yeah, I had no doorknob. It was just like a solid, like cheap door with like the outside of the deadbolt thing on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, it was really funny. So they can't get out of this fucking room. The terror. And then Finn shows up. And they are literally wondering if Finn is going to kill them. So you can imagine that the, they're in a crazy state of mind. And Finn says, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I just, I have a sleepwalking habit. And I walked in on house guests before. So I just decided to lock you guys in after you fall asleep. And I'm like, people don't just have doors capable of locking like that. Like, you have to make those doors capable of locking like that before you can just accidentally lock someone in. Do you know who else had a sleepwalking problem that got locked in her room? Verity. Yep. Well, it wasn't well, Verity. It was Lauren. Lo Lowen. Lowen, yeah. <sighs> but she, it was her mom that was the problem. There's yeah. abusive parents in all these gosh dang books. Oh, my gosh. So he's like, let's just go have some breakfast and act like everything's normal. My note here is that I love that Libby is like, I have to get to work. I have to get to work. I have to get to work. Yeah, she does not want to stay here and humor him any longer because look where it's gotten her. Yeah. And Libby even tells him that he really freaked her out. They were scared and, like, basically what he was doing was not okay. Like, why didn't he just say he was going to lock them in beforehand? Why didn't he yeah. mention that? And then they bring up the phones. And how they're missing and Finn's like oh well we just left them here in the kitchen charging we were so drunk last night that we were organized I'm like if the phone was outside in the front yard that would make more sense to me from a drunk person's perspective like you guys never yeah. left the house but somehow the phone's outside now that makes sense charging yeah. in the kitchen who has a charger in their kitchen do you charge your phone in your kitchen no I have a charger in the living room and the bedroom yep this guy's a liar it. Yeah. So Miller immediately goes up to her ear and says, it doesn't wash. I don't buy the, I was so drunk. I locked you in without telling you. And Libby agrees. And 
she decides to call Dito and tell her she's going to be at work a little late and tells her her location just in case she doesn't show up in an hour. And I'm like, smart girl. Very smart. She's kind of thinking back to the conversation. Remember, Finn let Miller record the whole story of what really happened, you know? And Mm -hmm. she vaguely remembers something about a pagan sacrifice and a woman called Birdie who played the fiddle. And she asks uh, if he has any pictures of the children. She's kind of, I think, thinking she'll just go back and listen to the recording later. And he ends up telling her that they don't have anything. His dad sold every last shred. And it's funny that he says his dad did it because, like, David wasn't the owner of that shit, so he shouldn't have been able to, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get on the topic, though, of Birdie's music video, and they end up watching it. And they get to see, like, the house in its original fancy glory, you know? And then they basically end on Birdie being an evil fucking bitch. And that her and Finn's father systematically destroyed everything they had. Ten young people, a house full of life and money and energy and warmth. Libby doesn't understand how it all turned out the way it did. A cult. They fuck everything up. Yep. Don't believe them. Yeah. And then we're on chapter 42. Don't believe them no matter how many times they say Mexico's going to pay for the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was watching the Apple screensaver the other night because it's a hobby, okay? I'd rather watch that than TV sometimes. Oh, my God. It's just so mesmerizing. There is nothing like being baked and just watching it just float by. We were floating over the Great Wall of China the other day, which I know Ooh. came out of hate, but it's it's crazy. They built it out of fucking mountain range. It's like on the yeah. top of a mountain range, and it's huge. And I turned to Matt and said, Remember when Trump built that wall? <laughs> because, like, how embarrassing. They made that thousands of years ago on a mountain range, and you couldn't come up with something better than that fucking fence? Yeah. <laughs> that was millions of dollars of fence. I bet they didn't even know what a millions of dollars was back then. Probably not. <laughs> so we're back with uh, Lucy and the kids, and they're basically going to use the pane of glass that Miller broke to open the door and get into the house. And Stella thinks it's a little scary. Marco thinks it's pretty awesome. And Lucy thinks it still smells like it used to. Dead bodies? <laughs> Probably, like, yeah, dead bodies and, like, trauma. Gosh. Marco can tell that the vibes here are sinister. Like, he notices that Lucy's hands are shaking. And Lucy is still like, we'll talk about it later. And... Marco asks where her parents are buried, and she says she has no idea at all. Lucy talks about how she used to, or she thinks about how she used to just buy notepads and just write down over and over and over what happened the night that they left, just so it would be a story and not, like, her real life. I I feel so bad for her, and I feel like she's still... How can she be a real adult yet? After everything, she didn't even grow up as a child, you know? I noted here on page 221 that Marco is playing in the herb garden, and uh, Lucy says that he looks like Henry, Mm -hmm. but she remembers Henry's a man now and not a boy. Lucy and Henry are brother-sister, I feel like now. I feel like, too. By the end of our reading, I feel like Lucy is her real name. Yeah. 
these kids really had to fucking escape. Like this is the chapter on page 222 where we find out like there was a van waiting and they took a long dark drive and then like, I guess waiting for like the authorities to come get them and it never did. And now she's just thinking she just has to wait for the baby to come back. Libby. She's in the house waiting for Libby to come back. This makes me never want to buy a house that wasn't just like literally just moved out of two days before. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the watcher. So chapter 43. We're back with Henry. And the first sentence is the next thing that happened was that my mother fell pregnant. Ugh. Shocking. Shocking, Henry. Um, obviously, it wasn't his father's baby because his father couldn't get out of his chair, let alone lay with a woman. Like, Henry had kind of noticed that something was up, like, in the middle of the night. People were scurrying about in the night. And basically, uh, they're a throuple now. They announce it at dinner to everybody. David's, like, sitting in between them, holding their hands. And he's, like, really fucking proud that he's got his ladies and a baby on the way. None of the kids are happy. The girls sister, are crying. Sister wives. They are sister wives now. And Henry's mom's like trying to tell them like, you always wanted a little brother or sister. And even the little sister is like, no, not like this. And Henry's like, what about dad? And Martina's like, dad knows. He understands. He wants me to be happy. And I'm like, he's brain dead. Yeah. This just reminds me of how they have to counsel women that their husbands might leave, leave them if they get diagnosed with cancer. Um, well, if you have a stroke, your wife might have a baby with another man in your house in front of you. Ugh. Henry has the best line of this thing because Bertie's like, I can't have children. And he's like, so my mom's just an incubator. And David's like, this family needs a heart a reason this house needs a baby like having a baby will never solve any of your problems babies just bring more problems like that's what they yeah. do they are a problem and to me while i'm reading this i was thinking are they just having the baby as a sacrifice oh my fucking god the pagan sacrifice yeah i didn't even think about that but maybe maybe the adults think that the kids are only going to need a few days to adjust to this new baby news. He could not be further from the fucking truth. Mm -hmm. So Henry's just noticing his mom's getting bigger while everybody is super fucking emaciated in the house. It's crazy. Like the kids aren't allowed to have fat. They're not allowed to have carbs. They're not allowed to have meat. They're not allowed to have seconds. On page 228, we learn a little about how the matching clothes things started because obviously they can't buy clothes. They can't be capitalists. So Bertie starts like making robes for the pregnant lady to wear because she needs bigger clothes. And then eventually Bertie and David start wearing those clothes. And then eventually they make the robes and the tights for all the kids and take all of their clothes, literally all of their clothes except their underwear. Henry's, like, reflecting back on this, like, why didn't I fight back? But, like, how could you fight back? You know? Where did yeah. he have to go? So he ends up changing and giving up all of his clothes. But he keeps that little uh, boot clip tie, boot string tie. What was it? The boot lace tie. Yeah. That I bought two years ago. Yeah. And because he was so, like, you know, he didn't 
give her any trouble, Bertie's actually in a good mood. And he actually asks her if she's jealous about the baby because he feels like he can get away with it. She replies saying, David wants a baby. I'm grateful to your mother. Henry's like, didn't he have to like have sex with her though? He goes on to be like, isn't he your boyfriend? And eventually she just doesn't reply. And I'm like, hmm, someone's jealous. The last paragraph or two of this chapter is just saying that his sister turned 13 a few days before his, or a few days after his mother's pregnancy announcement. And she was blossoming into a pretty girl. Um, her hair was really long because she couldn't cut it. And he's like comparing it to Birdie and Clemency's that are like thin and scraggy. She has like thick, beautiful hair. And he's mentioning this all because he wants you to envision her as a grown up. Because the next thing that happens, she was a woman. And I'm like, what next thing that happens? We know what happens. This is not what I wanted for my life. When I started reading this book, I spoke it into the universe. And I feel like we're going that direction. Yeah. That's how it ends. That's how that chapter ends. So we're in chapter was 44. Was Finn there? Did he, was he, did they kick him out or was he like, he they just didn't. there. Okay. They just didn't show, like talk about it because he wasn't that important. Got it. Yeah. I felt like I was chapter... confused when I was reading it. Yeah, I'm assuming now that Finn is locked in his room all the time. Okay. But also, like, Henry mentioned how he kind of, like, let him go. Okay. You know, so I guess he's just not in the forefront of Henry's mind anymore. But I feel like he was there when they ran away because of, I don't know, just the description that Lucy had when she was talking about the story she used to write. Yeah. I, nothing concrete. That's just the feeling I have. Okay. But you're right. He didn't mention him. So who knows what happened to him? I think he's just dead to Henry because he got pushed into a river. Okay. So Libby is at work. She's a little bit late, but she's meeting a DJ who like is getting a new kitchen, I guess. And she's talking about how like this DJ, when she walks into this room, like this electric energy, like, I don't know, follows her. Libby feels like this electricity in the air. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds like romance to me. Mm-hmm. she's just like working and Dito takes this time to be like what happened with you and Miller you guys have a connection I just want you to know I'm really good at predicting marriages and um I'm not not seeing some sparks here it's so cute and I have a note here saying Libby Rowe it kind of has a ring to it yep so Miller just called and the recording on his phone has been deleted surprise surprise Libby is, of course, like, what if you just didn't record it? And Miller's like, I fucking recorded it. This is my job. I checked it 100,000 times. And then Miller drops this bomb on her that not only was his phone password protected with a thumbprint, so when Finn came in and stole the phones, he must have unlocked it with Miller's thumb, but that flat is an Airbnb. And he's been staying there basically since her birthday. Very fucking weird, right? And at the end of page 234, they're like, we feel strange today, almost like we've been drugged. Then we find out that Libby's birthday is her passcode, so Finn was probably able to get into her phone pretty easily. And I'm like, what if he shared your locations with him? That would be so creepy. Yeah. Miller's like, what if they 
what if he's like listening to our phone call? And then he says, actually, it's Libby who thinks he might even be listening right now. And Miller says, if you're listening, we're on to you, you creepy fuck. <laughs> and I just love him right now. Dito tells Libby to just leave right now to go meet up with Miller because she knows that this is, you know, something's going on here. And Miller's she also like, tells her to take like a little sabbatical. Yeah. While she's going through this. She does. I love her. She's like, I can do all of this. You've got stuff going on. And the way that Miller and Libby decide where to meet up, they're talking about their cafe. They call it our cafe. And I'm like, our cafe. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, basically, she ends this chapter heading out to the train station to meet up with Miller. She's going to take some time off work and solve her shit. Hopefully. Remember that chapter where she described what her perfect husband would look like? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. It's definitely not Miller. No. <laughs> so, we're back in 1992 with Henry. And... He says, by May 1992, our household had curdled and transmortified into something monstrous. One day, shortly before his 15th birthday, David made them surrender their shoes. They were just dirty. And if you go outside with shoes on, then you trudge those germs back into the baby. The pregnant woman and the baby, you know? Man, maybe they should do that with Sebastian. Put him in a fucking bubble. Keep his germs in a bubble away from me. <laughs> Maybe. That's the only way to be That's safe from these kids. Yep. We find out on this page that they don't escape for two years. So the baby can't be Libby. The timing doesn't work. She's only 10 months old when they're found. No, I guess I didn't do the math. So, like, if she – if this was Libby, then, you know – she well, would have been two years old. No. She would have been like, she 18 was months old. She was born in 93. Yeah. In June of 93. And they escape in 94. Yeah. So we know that Martina could not have been pregnant with Libby on page 237. And I mean, we're no, going to find out. No, but she could have. She could depending, have. She could have. Depending on when, like right now, she's, Martina's not pregnant with Right now that our reading that Martina's pregnant, she's not pregnant with Libby, if that's what you're saying. Yes. Right okay, now, okay. this baby she has is not Libby. Okay, okay. I was like, wait the a minute. It doesn't work. Okay, yes. Because at this point we hadn't known what happens to this baby, but I'm just like putting together that this baby is not Libby. Yes. So it's that's, a very short chapter. Yeah, that's the whole chapter. And we're basically just finding out that there was another baby before Libby. Chapter forty six. We're in Miller and Libby's cafe. Ooh. He's eating and she's like attracted to him having an appetite. Like she's got it bad. Okay. They're, that's, they're getting married. Yeah. There's, there's nothing attractive about people eating. If you think that's cute, marry him. Yeah. Everything else about him is going to piss you off though. Get ready. Mm -hmm. uh, they obviously start talking about the family. They're talking about... Birdie and how she started a relationship with Justin and how she was from a big family but her family didn't notice or like care that she went missing and not just that she went missing but like it seems like she didn't they didn't care that she was like in a cult either and they basically like slipped off the edge of existence after that and then Miller tells her that when he got in touch with the Airbnb owner that 
owner told him that the person renting the apartment is named Justin Redding. That's Birdie's ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, Justin rented the Airbnb. I feel like it could still be Henry or Finn because they Mm -hmm. might not have an ID, right? Like Mm -hmm. Lucy doesn't have an ID. Yeah. And then Miller also, he's a good fucking reporter. Like it's been a day and he's found all these people. Yeah. (laughs) He also found Sally and he just calls her right up. And they basically make a plan to go meet Sally. I like that Sally's uh, job is life therapist. <laughs> yeah, even Livy notices, like, that's exactly what you would be after you got out of a cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably what she was while she was in the cult. No, she was a homeschool teacher. Mm-hmm. So that chapter ends, and we're in chapter 47. In God, 19- I had something... I had something to ask, but I totally fucking forgot. Pregnancy brain sucks. About Sally? <sighs> Fuck. Just flip back through well, the pages, see if it comes back to you. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, whatever. If it comes back, I'll ask it. If not, it's lost forever. I, okay. <laughs> I get it, though. Maybe it's not even pregnancy brain. It might just be brain brain, because I forget yeah, things. That, that might be, be THC too. brain, though. Who knows? (laughs) So Henry hates the fucking baby. Okay. We're in chapter 47 on page 242. And Henry has decided that the baby is the cause of all of their fucking ills. And And that it's going to be worse when the baby comes. Yeah. He thinks if the baby doesn't come, then they'll be able to bring germs into the house again. And there'd be no more reason for David to even be there. And I'm thinking he's a thousand percent going to slip his mom some abortion herbs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, of course, on 243, he's like, the drugs were surprisingly easy to administer. He just gave her a tea laced with everything he'd read that can end a pregnancy. And it's like fucking normal household items like cinnamon, sesame seeds, chamomile. I don't know if mugwort or evening primrose oil are all like common things, but I and. I had chamomile tea the other day, and I didn't even know this. And then when I read that, I was like, whoops. Don't tell the baby. Yeah. It was not a hate crime. It was not a hate crime. (laughs) Oh, man. But he mixed all this shit in there. Yeah. That makes me, like, is that true? I want to Google, is chamomile bad for pregnant women? Yes, please do. My computer's taking this moment to go on sabbatical. I really like that. Henry's mom would be like, you're such a good boy, Henry. I know. Such a good boy. Every time he does anything that, like, produces anything from the gar- garden, he's been doing all of the adults think him. And I'm like, uh, do you guys want to speak so soon? Yeah. Okay. I think I remember what I was going to say. And it didn't really have anything to do with that chapter. It's more like the three bodies they found. I know they say one is... Henry's dad, but I wonder if maybe it was actually Birdie and they shaved her head. Because we don't hear that, like, about the body anatomy, their body anatomy. Right. And what if they just put his initials there? Yeah. Because fuck Birdie. Yeah. My note at the bottom of page 243 is, oh my god, this is a fucking nightmare. Because the abortion herbs worked. But, like, they don't go to hospitals, and, like, the baby is pretty far along, so it's not something you can just pass. And his mom spends five days trying to get this dead baby out of her body. 
with David's help because he refuses to take her to a hospital. And apparently David is a fully qualified obstetrician. Yeah. Huge eye roll there. Like, he's just what you need whenever you need it. He's just a miracle worker. You remember why Bertie even brought him? He's a miracle mm -hmm. worker. This doesn't sound like a miracle. This sounds like five days of pure agony. That's crazy. And, like, to go through that just to, like, birth a stillborn? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, here answers my question. Finn was there. Because on the top of 244, while Martina wailed because the baby died, the four children huddled silently together in the attic. Yeah. And then Henry goes and tells his dad that the baby died. He tells him the name and basically tells him maybe it was better this way. And I feel like Henry's just trying to make himself feel better for what he did. That's what I feel. And... I also feel super fucking bad for his dad because I assume like his brain works on some level and he knows what's going on. And like, this is kind of his fault. He shouldn't have let all these people live there while he still had his faculties about him, but now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. This sucks. Yeah. We end this chapter with Henry thinking the baby's gone, but I still didn't have any shoes. My dad still sat in his chair all day and there's still no school holidays, friends or outside world. And David Thompson was still here. <sighs> and then we move on to our last chapter of this reading. And we're with Lucy. And they just woke up. They're in her parents' old bedroom. Yeah. She didn't get to sleep until, like, after 3 a.m. So when she wakes up, it's, like, late as shit. But she wakes up to footsteps overhead. And obviously they're fucking terrified. But then the footsteps come downstairs and she ends up opening up the door and seeing who it is. And the man says, hello, Lucy. Nice dog. Well, and then I, also in this chapter, Marco is like begging her to tell him what happened. And she keeps saying tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. She's always going to tell him tomorrow. Like if she can avoid telling the story, I think she's going to. Yeah. And I'm assuming the man at the door is going to make Marco even more curious. For sure. Um, and he's wondering if it's the baby walking, you know? Yeah. Him saying, hey, Lucy, made me think that Lucy is her real name and it's Henry's sister. Yeah. But That's it what I thought, too. It doesn't tell us if it's Henry or Finn, though, because either one of them would have known her name. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of think it was Finn. Or I still kind of think it was Henry because I feel like he's really losing his shit. He just poisoned his mom and killed his little brother. If that doesn't cause a break in your personality, I don't know what would. Yeah. I kind of feel like Finn went on with his life and, like, is conning people on the reg now. Yeah. Because he learned it from his dad. Yeah, and how do you do anything different? Mm-hmm. I'm excited to finish the rest of this book. We've got less than 100 pages left. Yes. So my book, my mom gave it to me, and it's from Target. And it has an exclusive chapter. So this book ends at page 340. Do you have a chapter after that or does yours go to questions? Mine ends on page 339. Okay. And then it goes to acknowledgments. Okay. So I'll read that extra chapter for the both of us. Yeah, you're going to have to tell me what happens. Yeah. And then obviously we're going to have to talk about the questions next time. But I feel cheated. I know. I'm going to go to Target and read the last chapter just standing there in the store. <laughs> yeah. If you can find it, Target has a book. 
I know. Do you remember me telling you I couldn't find this book? They had a bunch of Lisa Jewell. Yeah. Not this one because it has the extra chapter. Dang it. That's what I get. Well, I'm excited to find out what's in the extra chapter. Me too. I'm excited to find out who is behind the door. <sighs> right. I mean, the eyelash thing. It could be Finn. You're right. And Henry brought up the eyelashes a lot. He did. But it could also be Henry because of the dick comment. The dick comment. Yes, indeed. Which was fucking hilarious. Very. <laughs> it's the only way I was going to get any. It kind of made me wonder, though, if those cats weren't even his. Oh, because it's an Airbnb. Yeah. But, like, an Airbnb owner wouldn't leave their cats. No. I don't think they would allow cats either, most of them, but whatever. But also, why wouldn't he bring his cats to the house? Right, he just leaves them? So many questions. So many questions, indeed. And then the cats probably don't even, like, matter toward the end of the book. Right, exactly. It was just a weird scene. Yeah. So my predictions are Finn is Henry. Okay. Libby and Miller are going to be boyfy girlfie by the end. Yeah. They already are. She just hasn't accepted it yet. Yeah. And I think by the end that Lucy and Libby will be friends and they'll live in the house together. But Finn slash Henry, he's fucking weird. For some yeah. reason, I think he's going to die. He's going to do some weird shit and have to be killed. He needs to. Especially because yeah. we already know Lucy will kill him. Oh, for sure. She's got the gumption. Yeah. Don't back her against a wall. I'm so glad Michael's dead. That was my favorite part so far. <laughs> Stabbing him in the neck. I was like, <laughs> can I just get a book where someone doesn't die? <laughs> where someone's not murdered? <laughs> I, I, I would just take something if there wasn't rape. You know, yeah. why, why is there got to be a little sprinkle of rape and everything? We could talk about some other kinds of dangers. Yeah. My Lanta. Either way, I'm, I'm jazzed to finish this one. I can't wait to see what happens. I feel like I don't know anything. She could spring anything on us at this point. She's making me crazy with this book. I know, because I feel like the last book we read, Local Woman Missing, you freaking guessed it right off the bat. And <laughs> I was just like, damn it. But now I'm like, okay, we're both going to be in for a fucking world of pain. And when they, at that chapter where she met Finn in the house, and he's like, I'm Finn, my jaw dropped. Yeah. Dropped. Me too. I, I wasn't expecting it. But I feel like we'll know for sure when we're reading, like, just pay attention to see if this Finn person has that bootlace tie. Yes. So if Finn has that, then we know it's Henry. All right. Well, I will see you in two weeks. Okay. I can't wait. Mm -hmm.